Well promoted, Eddie Hearn. Good to see you again back in Matchroom HQ. I've not seen you yet, so I can say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Much of a break in the Hearn household at all? Yeah, um, probably about a week, 10 days in the sun. It was nice. Uh, just really trying to switch off after a massive run to the end of the year. Obviously, day of reckoning kind of threw Christmas off a little bit. Um, Travelling back, getting back late on Christmas Eve and just, just trying to really prepare for that, that period is really designed and, and lends itself to just planning fight cards, you know, making sure that obviously we get off to a good start. The phones are ringing, you know, people want to know when they're fighting. It's a little bit more quiet because fighters are, are generally eating and enjoying themselves. But, you know, it's still a very busy part of the year, planning, planning the schedule. And that continues now and obviously heading off to uh, Quebec tomorrow to see Callum Smith become a two division world champion. Um, and then moving straight into our first show in Belfast and then on to, to Las Vegas after that for Conor Ben, uh, Next Gen on Feb 10th and it's just solid from there. Mexico, Feb 16, um, you know, Feb 24th, Edgar Belanga, Mark, you know, and it's just, it's non-stop. So yeah, a nice rest, feeling good, ready to go. Quick one on Callum Smith, of course. If he can beat Artur Baturbiev this weekend, where does that rank in terms of away wins for Brits in your opinion? Well, listen, I'm, I'm going, it's a long way and it's minus 20. Right? I'm going because I fancy it. I really fancy it. And look, we signed Callum Smith 13 years ago. You know, I posted a picture on my story yesterday. We were both clueless at that point in our boxing journeys. And Callum's done amazingly well. I'm going because I'm supporting him and I also believe he's going to win. I, I see him knocking Arta Betabiev out. It's a tough task. Betabiev is a monster. Um, you know, arguably the number one light heavyweight in the world. We think it's Dimitri Bivol or maybe even Callum Smith. But those three, you know, you've got Yard up there. You've got some great light heavyweights and it's doable. It really is. I can see it. You know, every time I think about the fight, I can see it. Um, and if he does do it, it'll be a massive, massive win for a British fighter. And it will take him straight to the undisputed shot against Dimitri Bivol. You see it being that catch counter left. I do. I, I think, you know, that's the shot, you know, and I think Betabiev is, is aggressive. He does make mistakes. You've only got to look at the Callum Johnson fight, which was, what, five, six years ago, when he was even more in his prime than he is now. You know, Callum had him all over the place with that left hook. And I, I just think Callum Smith, you know, is, is sharper and smarter, and I think he punches harder with that shot. And I, I do believe he's going to win that fight. And you have confidence as a team. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Callum Smith in this fight, but you mentioned about Dimitri Bivol. You believe if Callum Smith wins this fight, you have confidence as a team that it will be Callum Smith versus Bivol. Yeah, next. I mean, obviously, we, we signed an agreement with um, Saudi Arabia for Dimitri Bivol to fight again in the undisputed fight. And, you know, it's our aim, obviously, for that to be Callum Smith. I think everyone out there believes it will be better, Biv, but we've got other plans. and. You know, for Dimitri, he just wants to make sure that he can unify the division, try and become undisputed, and hopefully now we're just one fight away. We saw last week, Eddie, amongst yourself and other news outlets that the news had began to emerge of a deal being struck between Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou. Why, Eddie, in your opinion, right now, was this the fight to make? Um, we, we found it ourselves there because everybody signed a contract to fight Deontay Wilder. AJ signed... Deontay Wilder signed, and we were announcing it that night in the ring in Saudi Arabia, the day of reckoning. And obviously, um, when Deontay Wilder lost to Joseph Parker, I think the, the mind of His Excellency Turkey Al Sheikh was ticking throughout the rest of the night. And straight after that, 
fight, we went straight into a meeting and we looked at the alternatives and, and we all felt that the biggest fight that we could bring to Saudi Arabia was Francis and Ghana. Um, it's a fascinating matchup. You know, it, it's one that we felt lacked credibility before his amazing performance against Tyson Fury in a fight that we believe he should have won. Um, and he's a dangerous, dangerous man. You know, there's a lot to lose for AJ in this fight, but he wants to be involved in the biggest fights. Of course, he wants a shot at the world heavyweight title, but we believe this plan will allow him to do that, but first fit in this heavyweight blockbuster in March. And if you look at the activity of Anthony Joshua, this is now his fourth fight in 10 months. It's incredible. And he's enjoying that activity. He's fresh. You saw his performance. I think he's in the form of his career. And I believe he'll do a job on Francis Ngannou. Listening to Anthony Joshua speak prior to the day of reckoning, he said this fight would interest him from an entertainment perspective, not necessarily in terms of a fight navigating him closer to becoming a three-time world heavyweight champion. Is it unfair, Eddie, to call this fight a keep-busy fight? Is it a dangerous fight? Oh, yeah, it's a very dangerous fight. I mean, on so many levels. Number one, you're expected to beat Francis Ngannou. Number two, he's very dangerous. He hits very hard. He's very, very strong. So, you know, what's the reward of winning. Yeah, we know financially it's a good deal for Anthony Joshua, but also the reward more so is just putting the pressure on trying to get a shot at Tyson Fury and hopefully that undisputed championship because that's the route that we're on. I believe AJ is going to be, become undisputed heavyweight world champion. I said he's going to beat Wilding, he's going to beat Wilder and he's going to beat Fury. Really what we've got to focus on now is beating Ngannou. If he can beat Ngannou in style, just like he beat Wilding in style, That'll put himself, that'll just make the demand continue to grow for AJ against Tyson Fury. You know, he would have demolished two people that Tyson Fury really struggled against. And it will make people start to believe, and as, as I believe they are now, that AJ can win that fight. But that's in the future. You know, hopefully Tyson Fury can do the business against Alexander Usyk. And hopefully AJ can deal with Ngannou. But it's a dangerous fight, a huge fight. You're going to see these two giants next to each other, both carved out of stone, both punch like mules. It's a really, really explosive heavyweight matchup. What can we expect, Eddie, in terms of press conferences and formal announcements soon? Yeah, uh, next Monday, January the 15th, first press conference. Um, you know, another huge event in Saudi Arabia. You know, I know people talk about um, these big fights going to Saudi Arabia. Good, because we ain't going to get these fights without it. If you look at the run that they've had, AJ against Ngannou, the Day of Reckoning card, Joshua against Wilding, Deontay Wilder, Fury against Usyk, AJ against Ngannou. That's over the space of four or five months. You're getting all these fights that you would not be getting. So, you know, there is, we live in this thing called the world. Boxing is not just in the US. Boxing is not just in the UK. We've got to make sure that we continue to bring big fights to the UK. But to see all these big fights happening so quickly and to see the undercards, and again, you'll see very shortly the undercards for Fury Usyk, for AJ against Ngana. It's next level stuff and it's a pleasure to be a part of it. You don't think then, Eddie, that you, know, you see comments on social media, big fights landing in the Middle East, that it's not a threat to British boxing, it's not a danger to these big fights but, happening but in Britain? You're not going to get Fury Usyk in the UK. You're not going to get AJ Ngana in the UK. So you're getting them. So if they take place in another country, so be it. Like I said, there's a whole world out there 
And boxing in the Middle East is growing, and, and sport in Saudi Arabia particularly, is growing at a huge, huge pace. And the opportunities for the fighters, you know, speak to Dimitri Bivol, speak to AJ, speak to Usyk, speak to Fury, ask them if they're happy. The answer is very. You know, they're getting the big fights, they're getting financially rewarded for it, and, and fans are getting value for money on the pay-per-views. Look at Day of Reckoning. You know, look at these cards coming up. It's good news for the fans that we're seeing all these major fights. You sort of said there, really, you can't give away too much, but some of the fights we've seen on social media being talked about, the likes of Deontay Wilder against Zhili Zhang, Joseph Parker against Philip Hergovic. I mean, look, you know, again, for us, we'll have fighters on, you know, February 17th, Furiusic, um, March, in March as well for AJ against Ngannou, and we, you know, the same, we're speaking continuously to Queensbury, they've got fight. I mean, it's just, when you sit down and plan these cards, you cannot believe the plans. And that's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it to, to His Excellency to, to develop those plans, to put those fights in place. But the vision for the cards is unbelievable. And, you know, just two huge events coming soon. Do you expect AJ to be ringside for Fury Usyk? Possibly. I mean, it's three weeks before his fight. So um, it's whether or not he's training out in Saudi Arabia. I think it would be a good idea for him to be there for that fight. Obviously, he wants the winner, you know, and, and Ben Davison talks about they want the Alexander Usyk fight as well. You know, it'd be a third crack at a whip for me and for, I think, for the whole country. We'd love the Tyson Fury fight. But let's see. Um, hopefully, they both make it in the ring and another huge event to, to unfold. We look forward to next week. Uh, a few other bits I want to talk to you about. Ryan Garcia seemingly taking to social media to announce that the Devin Haney fight won't be happening. What, what was your thoughts on all of that? Weird. Really, really weird. I mean, he DM'd me a few times saying, just want to confirm, I, this is the fight I want, Devin Haney. You know, Oscar was on to me, had numerous conversations with Eric Gomez. We're working with the zone to put an offer together for that fight. There's been rumblings of that fight potentially in the Middle East as well. And then just tweeted and said, change my mind, I'm fighting Roly Romero. Um, I get it. You know, I mistakenly believe that Ryan Garcia was a legacy guy. You know, he was a guy that wanted to fight the top guys for the championship. But I can't blame him for what he's doing. He's taking the easy route to a championship. And, you know, I know he's been hanging around with Floyd Mayweather recently. Maybe it was words of advice. I, I don't think it's a terrible decision, but I think the fans are disappointed because I think Haney against Garcia is a tremendous fight. But I'm sure... Ryan Garcia looked at Devin Haney and went, that is a really tough fight and I can beat Roly Romero, so I'm going to fight him and get my belt. I get it. You know, Ismael Barroso is the mandatory. I'm sure Golden Boy can do a deal with him to step aside to allow um, Ryan to fight Roly. But, you know, it's disappointing because I felt like Ryan Garcia could have given the fans a mega fight against Devin Haney. And a little bit of back and forth between Bill Haney and Bernard Hopkins over the weekend, which was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bernard's always ready to go. We've seen that a few times in the last couple of months, so I'm not going to get on the wrong side of him. And, uh, you know, Bill, Bill's a great mouthpiece. You know, he's a smart mind, but he's a great 24-7 mouthpiece for Devin, you know, and uh, 
they've got to realign now and, and we'll talk to them about what could be next. Perhaps from his career perspective, you can understand why Ryan hasn't taken or doesn't want this fight next. But what about the reasons he's been given in terms of pay-per-view numbers? Yeah, look, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, in Ryan's mind, he deserves the lion's share of that pot. But Devin Haney, who's the undisputed lightweight world champion, he's a two-division world champion. People want to talk rubbish about 35,000 buys, 50,000 buys. It's all just rubbish and narrative. But it's easy to do that to make an excuse why you shouldn't fight someone. Everyone saw the arena in San Francisco. It was a 16,000 sellout. The event was a huge success. But it's very easy to spin a narrative of why you don't want to fight someone. And, you know, I think that's what Ryan's done. Oh, I'm not fighting Devin. And, you know, and, and they want the lion's share of that pot. I know that. And listen, Ryan Garcia is a huge draw. He's coming off a massive pay-per-view against Javonta Davis. These guys, they need each other. So disappointed that we couldn't give the fans that brilliant fight. Will Devin have to face Samuel Morin? Yeah, that is a mandatory that's due. I mean, it's not the flavour of the month, that fight, and with no disrespect to Sandor, but, um, you know, at some point he might have to deal with that. Maybe there's a move to 147. We'll have to see. Joe Caldina, a few rumours on social media that he could actually defend his world title on the Fury Usyk undercard. Any truth in that one? Um, no, I mean, we've got to sit down with Tony and decide what's next. Um, you know, obviously we've had a long-standing relationship with, with Joe and, you know, we've got an opportunity to stage his next fight, of course. Um, so, want to keep him active. He wants to be in the big fights. You know, I think Joe's made it very clear to us publicly. He wants the most amount of money for the biggest fight possible. So, um, I think we've done a great job with him after the hand injury came back. We got him that world championship. He defended it in Monaco and uh, could be you know, an early defence for him in 2024. Now, I know you've got meetings to get to, and it's a last couple now. Katie Taylor vacating the lightweight belts. Talk us through that. Was there any discussion and perhaps what that means with relation to a trilogy with Chantel Cameron as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the fight that Katie wants is Chantel Cameron. You know, we know there's the Serrano fight, there's other options, but... Let's be honest, you know, Cameron 1 and Cameron 2 were two brilliant events, two classic fights. And I think the trilogy would be an incredible fight. So Katie has said to us, you know, we would like to fight Chantel Cameron. We're going to open talks with her and her team this week. You know, we're looking around May time. There has been progression with Croke Park. We'll have to see how that unfolds. Um, and, and yeah, that's the fight. Hopefully Chantel Cameron's up for that fight. Um, it's a big event. And yeah, that, that's definitely the plan for Katie Taylor. And with Katie vacating the lightweight belts, obviously it frees up some opportunities for our fighters around 135 pounds, Beatrice Ferreira, Rhiannon Dixon, and in line, it seems, to fight Caroline Dubois. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, great opportunity for a lot of young fighters. You know, Caroline Dubois made us an offer for Rhiannon Dixon. Um, we made them a counter-offer about three times more. Um, I guess that fight's heading to Persbid, which, you know, we... We would love to stage that fight. Caroline Dubois is a great talent. Rhiannon Dixon's a fantastic young fighter. Um, so we're going to make a big play for that fight. Beatrice Ferreira is sitting right there for the belts as well. You know, she can fluctuate between lightweight and super featherweight. What a talent she is. So very exciting. You know, Katie's going to focus really on 140. And, you know, she still holds two belts at 135 for now. So we'll see what the future is. But, yeah, big news for Rhiannon Dixon coming soon. What was your take, Eddie, on the O'Hara Davis fight over the weekend as well? And in terms of that, what might it mean for him being an option for, for some of our fighters in and around £140? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I know we've always had our differences with O'Hara. 
he went over there. He had a you know great deal with Golden Boy, made a lot of money, got to fight in Vegas, got chinned. I mean, it happens. You know, didn't recover, um, and you know I'm sure he'll be back. Potential for that Dalton Smith fight? No, we're, we're working on a big name for Dalton Smith. I mean. I, if I can get this fight over the line, I'll be very, very happy because I think it will surprise a lot of people. Um, it's the it's the world level step up that Dalton Smith needs that can enable us to bring a big event to Sheffield Arena to start building him as a big star. And we keep talking about all these guys at 140: Liam Paro, Richardson, Hitchens. You know the the guys that we've got: Montana Love, if you like. I know he got beat, but we need to put Dalton Smith into that frame now. You know, and because I believe. He's just this one fight. When, when he wins this fight, obviously you've got you know, our guys that are right on the verge of fighting for a world title. Jack Catterall, you've got Devin Haney, who's the champion. You've got Regis Progre. Dalton can be in that mix, and this is the fight to bridge that gap. So we're looking forward to trying to get it done. And we heard you with Ariel Helwani, our good friend, last night. A quick word on Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington too, and Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall too. Yeah, I mean, again, Catterall Taylor's kind of like rearing its head again want to make that fight. You know, it's, it's the fight for both guys. Could that go to Saudi? Maybe, maybe. I mean, look, they want big fights. That's a massive fight. But you know, for me, we want to keep these fights in the UK as well, whether that's Ben Eubank, whether that's Catrell Taylor, you know, whether that's in Ireland with Katie Taylor against Chantel Cameron, um, Wood Warrington. We must nail these fights. And, and May the 18th is a potential date for Wood Warrington. We're waiting for final confirmation from Nottingham Forest. But you know, those kind of fights, Taylor Cameron, Wood Warrington, Taylor uh, Catrell, we need to nail those into the schedule at home. And then, you know, making those big fights internationally is fantastic for boxing, but important to, to make sure we, we nail those pillars down here as well. And overnight this morning, Eddie, we saw that Stevie Spark had announced yeah. his retirement. A surprise to say. Yeah, some. it was a surprise. I think, you know, he had some big fights ahead of him. You know, one of my favourite fighters, all the guys take the mickey out of me here because I'm a big Stevie Spark supporter. But, you know, great lad. I mean, he ended up, you know, from, from small fights in Australia, really, um, to headlining in Cleveland, you know, fighting on the Canelo Alvarez undercard. So he had, he had a good run and, you know, was a very dangerous fighter and we wish him all the best in retirement. And just finally, Eddie, before you set off to Quebec for all the Brits watching at home, why should we all get behind Callum Smith this weekend? Yeah, Callum, Callum Smith, great servant for British boxing. Great lad, great family. And I believe he's going to do it. One of the great wins for British boxing, I think, coming Saturday from Quebec. You'll see us all jumping over that top rope and celebrating in style. Eddie, safe flight and we'll catch up next week. Cheers.